Welcome back to the Constant Quest podcast with Teen and Taylor. We're coming at you for episode, I just looked it up and I already forgot, episode 18. And it's hard to think about that. My mom just texted me yesterday and said, I just binge listened to episodes 16 and 17. Man, I didn't know y'all had gotten that many episodes. I got to go back and got some catching up to do. And sometimes I think the same thing. I just always assume we're right around episode 10 or 12 or so. So we're we're getting close to 20, which is, um, man, it's awesome. You just said right right before we got started that we're slowly creeping up on a year. It's so hard to believe. And so awesome, I think, to think about 18, or I guess technically 19, right? It'll be 19 after today because episode zero. Episodes of content, like, it's really cool to see that, of just, like, plugging away at it. And it's been fun. It hasn't been a chore, you know? I think we've had to prioritize it at times. But I've always been glad that we've done it and uh, always enjoy the, the feedback that we get from it and just the direct benefit personally of like doing the podcast. It like energizes me when I get done with it. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Absolutely. It energizes me every time. I'm glad you mentioned feedback um, because I was thinking about that. And I guess specifically for our episode today. So we decided to do another episode with just you and I. Um, we this may be podcast week for real because we may end up recording three episodes in the this week or in the next week or so and and we got a couple lined up um which is great and I can't wait to get to those as well but it just so happened that you were in town and we're in the same place and didn't want to miss the opportunity and I think maybe more than that we both just kind of have something on our mind and and thought maybe it was valuable for us to sort of hash it out together and and also I got some really good responses I think from the episode the episode that you and I did just the two of us um, a couple of whenever that was a few weeks ago a couple of episodes ago um, got some really good feedback because I was I was almost nervous when we did that one because it's like we've created this pattern of we have guests on here and we have a guest every week and then almost like oh they didn't have a guest this week or you know whatever. I didn't know for some reason, I guess I just thought, well, people aren't going to want to listen to that, but man, my gosh, we got started just the two of us. And like, we sort of created this thing together. And so it was good to get back to that. And I'm glad that we can do that again and, and whenever we want and feel comfortable mixing in episodes of just us versus with guests and et cetera. hundred percent. I, I, I felt similarly. I liked the conversation with you, but I thought coming out of it, is this going to be like, oh, we've had new guests every time, and then somebody pulls it up, and it's like, oh, it's just these two now. Nah. And we, we got a lot of good feedback, which was, yeah, it just made me feel really good that the stuff that we were talking about actually like resonated with people, and that you know, as much as I do like bringing guests on, um, for sure, and getting that like alternative perspective and driving kind of different thoughts um, and taking it in a different direction was also good just to like catch up with you. But I'm glad that other people found value in it as well. And I think it just kind of reaffirmed the whole principle, like the podcast of like, man, when you just have like good authentic conversation, like you find that there's, there's more things that we have in common than there is differences, you know? And like some of the feedback that I got from other people was like, I really like that one. And I was like, man, I was worried about people not liking it. Cause I felt like we took it in a lot of different directions, but uh, yeah. Do you want me to kick it off with how we got to be on this episode and why we're doing it then? Yeah, I think that, well, actually, one quick thing first, I hope that there's some video clips that come out of this one yeah. so people can see our upgraded audio setup. It's I got to give you credit for this. This this podcast, I hope you guys see the clips on 
Instagram or TikTok or wherever else you put them out there. Uh, we kind of look like we have a legit studio now. I mean, I think that we do. This audio is super nice. Yeah. Uh, all the credit goes to you for tracking down all the information and uh, ordering the stuff. But And it's fully portable, so we can still record episodes in a park somewhere if we want to. And for those of you who don't have a podcast or don't know, when you're on a when you're recording and you start to have audio challenges, it really breaks your concentration, particularly on some of the topics that we're talking about. And it does really detract. So having a setup like this, I do feel like it's super important um, where I can hear everything through headphones and it's clear and you're not worried about the quality of the sound and stuff. So Teen probably feels that a lot more than I do, but I've even felt it on a couple episodes. So it is important to have like a quality setup and I do think it will add to the quality of our podcast overall. So I appreciate you. So today uh, I was talking with Teen and you know, we're both kind of in these phases now where we spend a lot of time thinking kind of about like major career or life changes. And now we're in the midst of it. And sometimes when you get in the midst of it, that excitement kind of wears off a little bit. And then you're in a little bit more of the quote unquote grind of it. And so you're not necessarily in this just like dreaming ideation state. You're actually in the middle of it. And sometimes that excitement can dissipate a little bit and be replaced with the challenges of just going through something, even if you are still clear on that direction at the end. And so we've talked a lot about that. I think, you know, for teen, it's kind of this path of going to grad school and hopefully leaning towards like, you know, this either part-time or full-time career kind of in counseling. And I say that broadly, that could mean retreats or sitting down in a, you know, more of a, a, a typical kind of formal environment. And for me, it's been, you know, launching this fence business. And so we're both kind of in the middle of it, like I talked about. And, you know, I was talking with him and, if any of you guys have listened to episodes with Rosanna, which was more kind of about her breathwork practice and Nicole, um, who does kind of a number of different things, uh, some retreats, and then kind of more recently started with these small group programs. Uh, it was funny. I was talking with teen and, you know, I think we both kind of realized like maybe to a certain degree, we were, we're down the path that we know is the right path, but it becomes a little bit challenging when you're on it to maintain that excitement and still just have that like affirmation that like, is this still the right path for me? And honestly, like I think for me, and I knew you had kind of mentioned this too, I think there's an ego component there of like, well, I don't want to admit that maybe I'm struggling a little bit because I went through this whole period where I thought about it for a long time and it's right. And I made the plunge to say that like, Hey, maybe I do have some doubts or maybe this is more challenging or whatever it might be than I thought it would be that can be hard to admit. And so I think we were both at that point of like, man, I feel like I need something else to help support me through this, but I don't know what that looks like. And maybe I don't even want to admit it. And I think you came to the realization first when Nicole had kind of posted about this small group coaching session of called staying grounded uh, in your growth zone, which actually ironically looking back, I'm like, that's literally the exact, I couldn't word it any better for something that both of us needed at the time. But I think for both of us, it was like, man, that's gotta be really good for somebody who needs that, but not us, you know? And so it was a little bit of like having to take our own medicine there and actually say like, Hey, you know, sometimes the thing that you need is so obvious and right in front of you, which I think is like a huge life lesson in a lot of different ways for me. Sometimes it's like you're waiting on that support or a person or like, I don't know, some kind of thought or, uh, signal to come to you. And it's like, well, are you actually ready to receive that? Or are you just like staring at the ground? Sometimes it can be right in front of your face. And so I know you, anyway, you had signed up for her program first. 
And then it kind of kept hitting me right in the face. It like kept popping up on Instagram. And it's like, you have two days left. And meanwhile, I'm in the middle of, you know, working a ton and feeling like I'm like being still know that I'm on the right path, but maybe being pulled away from some of those things that I had more time to do before, whether it be like breath work or meditation, these things that help me feel grounded. And so I kind of got to the end of it and I was like, wait, should I be doing this too? Which again is kind of like overcoming your ego a bit of saying like, well, I don't need that. I'm good. And I think that being willing to admit that we're never perfect at any point, you know, and we can all use support and coaching was definitely a lesson for me a little bit. So anyway, that's kind of a long winded way to say we both signed up for this. It's called staying grounded in your growth zone. We just kicked off. It's a 10 week course. I think there's what seven of us in there. And then Nicole is leading it, but it's really about, Hey, you know, for people who are taking steps out of your comfort zone and well, let me take a step back first. I love the graphic that Nicole uses that she kind of stole from somebody else that talks about what does it mean to be in your growth zone and it's those three concentric circles, right? Where it's like your comfort zone. And then just outside of that is your growth zone. And outside of that is overwhelm. And I think that we tend to have this thought that when we're in overwhelm, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Like maybe we've taken a step that's too far and we don't know how to move forward. And that can be challenging. I would argue we underestimate the challenges that we face when we're in our comfort zone cont- continuously. That for me becomes the place where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And like, I'm not finding meaning and stuff. And so those three concentric circles, at least in my mind, kind of represent like that growth zone is where we need to be. It's a little bit uncomfortable, but we know we can do it. We've got the confidence. You're kind of constantly taking these baby steps into this fear kind of territory, but you know that you can get through it. And for me, that's what represent like, that's, I feel like where we should be like, and that represents different things for different people. It doesn't mean that you have to do this huge career shift or, you know, whatever that might be. But, um, anyway, I love the visual depiction of that really just like spoke to me. Um, but anyway, kind of going back. So we're in this program, staying grounded in your growth zone. We just kicked off last week and it was really interesting that the one of the things was activities that we went through was just to introduce yourself and kind of tell why you're there. And uh, of the seven people that were there, I felt like there was like very similar paths. Most of them were, I used to do this typically in the corporate environment. That kind of no longer spoke to me, oftentimes to the degree that it was like, it was very obvious that I could no longer do that. I was like suffering in that role or position or stage of life. And I knew I needed to do something different. Some people were further down that path and maybe had clarity of what that is, which I think is probably where you and I are at. Other people were kind of in this super important middle phase, I would call it where it's, I don't know what that other thing is, but I know that what I was doing before didn't speak to me. And I'm giving myself some time to get the clarity to then take that next step. But the reason I tell that whole long winded story was coming out of it. Tina and I were talking and I was like, man, is the message here that, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but I was like, is the message that everybody should just quit their corporate job, take some time off, get clarity, and then do something completely different. And so we just thought it warranted a conversation because I don't think that that is the message, but I do think elements of that are important. So that's probably the longest intro to a podcast that's ever existed. Yeah. Are we about to start winding it down (laughs) here? (laughs) Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll see you in a couple weeks. 
but yeah, I don't know. There's the, there's a, yeah. Like I typically say on here after a long winded rant, ramble, whatever you want to call it, there's probably a question in there. No, I, I appreciate all that. I mean, I, I was, I agree a hundred percent as you were saying it, I was nodding along the whole time and, and we're not going to rehash a conversation after every one of our group coaching, coaching sessions, but I do think it warranted a conversation here at the beginning, just because we talked about purpose a lot in the first call, a lot of people having a very similar story and it kind of begs a bigger question. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I, I, maybe one component in there is that we all signed up for this class. So it's like, if you go to the beach, more than likely most people there like to swim. That's probably a component. We all signed up for it because we want some interaction like that. And we want to be in a group of people that are like-minded, but yeah, it was overwhelming or overwhelmingly a similar story with everybody there. And, and it's interesting to be in that group because the last time you and I had an episode together, we talked about mentorship and we kind of broke that down in several different ways and talked about having a job coach or an executive coach or a mentor and what that would look like. And I've thought about it in relation to my current occupation and in my current company, I'm like, well, that doesn't seem like it would really align because I'm thinking about doing some other things. Other than that, I'm going to the school program, et cetera. I'm thinking about a career change. So doing something like this made me feel like I'm putting myself in a group of like-minded people more. And it is interesting to sit down there and, and talk about these things with other people. So I guess just thinking about all that, there, there's a lot swimming around in my mind. But to one of your bigger questions that you said you maybe don't even agree with, is this how everybody feels? Does everybody feel like I'm just doing this because like I have benefits or insurance or family obligations or I'm raising kids so I can't take the jump to do something different or whatever your reason is, but does everybody, and, and everybody's a strong word. I mean, and, and I'm with you. I don't know that I completely agree with that, but are more people than not, for lack of a better term, unhappy in their current occupation and want to do something different. And if so, is there room out there for everyone to do that? You know, I mean, that's, that's part of it. And, and is there a component of work is work and play is play and passion is passion. And they all reserve their own spots. You know, I can remember having a conversation. This probably goes back eight years or so with a coworker of mine who's still a coworker and I respect him and look up to him very much. And it was when I was first talking about like, man, one day I'm going to move to Bolivia and I'm going to like, I don't know if this is where I want to be. And he was like, okay, if we're playing that game, like I want to open up a brewery and brew beer and, you know, uh, serve bar food for the rest of my life. But I've also have responsibilities with my family. And yeah, I always think about that conversation because everybody certainly has that. I think everybody has a like, oh yeah, if it, money wasn't an object or responsibilities didn't exist, I would go and X, Y, and Z, but finding that line and I mean, taking the leap is, is a whole different conversation. I think maybe, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe there are some things I don't want to discount the real life responsibilities that some people have. And I'm sure people could look at us and be like, Oh, easy for you to say you guys aren't married with kids and stuff, you know? And it's like, okay, there's some truth to that, but it's not like, owning your own brewery, like, all right, well, tell me why you can't do that. You know, I think sometimes we're all guilty of like, just like putting a lid on our dreams instead of thinking about how they can be done. 
we think about like why all the reasons they can't. And, and maybe part of that is because like, well, it's a lot easier to say this couldn't be done for these reasons than I just didn't put forth the time or effort or try to track it down. Like that's harder because that becomes on you, right? But then in that first situation, it's like, well, it couldn't be done because of this. That, that's easy to swallow because you're like, well, I couldn't do it. It was all these external factors. And so, I, I mean, I completely get it. I understand there are some real life responsibilities that people have. But again, like one of the things that, and maybe this is taken in a whole other direction, I don't think we spend enough time in like the dreaming kind of creation phase, right? It's like, we're all limited. But I said, Hey, what would like an ideal life look like for you? We all have this like baseline launching point based on where we grew up and who we associated with. And so I don't know, I always hate to bring it back to money, but sometimes I think it's the easier one to use as an example. You know, if you grew up really poor, then it's like, well, I want to make six figures. And that might be like, I can't imagine like that's so far up there. Right. But to some people, they might've grown up more wealthy and they're like, I want to make $10 million a year. And is the only difference between those two people hitting those milestones that one actually thought about it and like created that, that like vision and like work towards it. And the other one set their sights too low. I don't know. I, I like, but anyway, yeah, I just think that sometimes we're guilty of like just not having the ability to dream about a life or certain circumstances that are so different than what we have today because we're all influenced from our past. And so if you're influenced from your past, then you're like, well, I want it to be here, like two steps up from where I am. And it's like, what if there was a blank canvas? You could do whatever you wanted. You know, when you're a kid, you're not limited by that. I feel like you can say like, well, I want to be an astronaut. Well, somebody's going to be an astronaut. Why not you? You know, and then we get to be an adult and it's like, well, I missed the boat and I'm limited to one options, one, two, and three. So option three is the highest that I can get considering my current circumstances. It's like, well, what if that wasn't a limitation for you anymore? So anyway, I'm probably going down a whole nother path, but I do think that that ability to kind of like sit down and take some time to dream about what you actually want is helpful. And I was thinking about the graphic that you mentioned earlier with the concentric circles. It looks like thinking back in the childhood, it looks like a picture of the earth. Like there's the core and there's the, what do we call it? The mantle and the crust. Is that, the, I don't even remember this is, am I smarter than a fifth grader? Probably not, but uh, that's sort of what it looks like. But there's probably a little membrane in between each of those circles. And so in my mind, so from comfort zone, which was in the middle, we can all sit in our comfort zone and not move. Right. Um, but as we move out into that growth zone, there's, I feel like there's a little membrane in between those. And, and in that membrane is fear, uncertainty, conditioning, maybe to your point about like we set our expectations, expectations too low. That's why we never actually get into the growth zone. And then on the other end, there's probably one too, when you go in from growth zone to overwhelm. And I guess I say that because it helps me in my mind to think about it that way, because within the growth zone, I think there's probably levels to it, you know, like you can feel yourself when you're getting complacent, like, okay, I'm getting antsy again. I need to move back up into the the real meat of the growth zone. Or on the other end, you can feel when it's like, holy crap, like I can't, I can't juggle all this anymore. Like I'm doing too much. I'm burnt out. You know, whatever those things are when you're like, okay, now I need to back off a little bit, but not jump all the way back down to comfort zone, but stay kind of in the growth zone. And I think that's a, that part in and of itself is a dance. Uh, but that's sort of how I think about it. It was like, how am I navigating this growth zone? Because I'm bumping up against the edge and easing back in and bumping up against the other edge and overcorrecting maybe sometimes. Yep. 
For sure. And I think the hard part about that is if you, if you take that initial leap and you're like, I'm doing something completely different. I'm in my growth zone. Right. I like the way you, you worded that you're on kind of the, maybe you're on the cusp of, or that border of like almost overwhelmed, but still in growth, right. Or further towards overwhelm. But as you get into it, you start to overcome those fears that were once there and seem were seemingly like, you know, almost you were that you were unable to overcome them, I guess is the easy way to say it. But then six months down the road that, that now, now you're drifting back to your comfort zone, right? Because you did those things and now that's not challenging for you anymore. I think the hard part in that is to recognize when you're drifting back down and to kind of get ahead of it and use like that fear as the guide to take that next step so that you don't then shift back into the comfort zone. And this thing that was so far in your growth zone, six months or a year prior is now your comfort zone. And so like you have to grow, like it's the only way it's not like everybody wants to say like, I'm in the growth zone because that's the perfect balance between where I feel like fulfilling and, or, and you know, I feel like enough fulfillment, but I'm not overwhelmed. And that's great in theory, but the only way you stay there is to continually progress forward. And that I think becomes hard. Cause I think we're all like, I can sit here and say like, I'm growth oriented and I love taking on challenges, but I'm having to take that medicine every day of like, all right, I need to go into my growth zone and I'm doing this. But again, that then becomes easy. And I'm like, all right, like right now I'm not doing any wood fences. I know that that's a whole other avenue that needs to be opened up, but it's going to make me grow again. And there's going to be challenges and hiccups. And I don't want to do that sometimes. Right. But like that other door that might've served you well to stay shut when you first get into that growth zone, you might need to open it after six months. And so I think that continual process becomes a challenge because you're going to open that one. And then in six months, you're comfortable. You've learned all these new skills, you know, that, or whatever that means for you and your, your specific role or, or aspect of life. But then like, all right, it's time to take that next step. And that continual mindset I think is hard, but if you can recognize it and just, and start to know that like, well, hang on, if I've overcome all these things and I feel more empowered and more comfortable now, then like you can use that fear if you're aware of it as the guide of that thing. Sometimes that is the exact thing that you need to do. And and I think for us, I mean, we're both driven in that way. And so of equal importance to the the chase and the growth and the the drive and tackling the fear and all of those things, I think of equal importance is remembering also to be patient and rest and, you know, some of those things that I know I'm not always great at um, because it feels different than what I'm used to doing. It feels lazy or it feels ineffective or like I'm not accomplishing something. But that's why it's difficult. I mean, when we talk about growth zone, we talk about personal growth, which is what we talk about all the time. Like that's a big component. It's a component that I haven't always been great at personally. Um, because we do, you say it all the time, because we do just go, 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 and more, 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 better, better, better. But is that healthy? Is that good? If social media wasn't a thing, and I lived in a small town, and I knew when I was, by the time I was in middle school, what the rest of my life was going to look like, and I knew that I was going to tend the field and break the horses and, do, you know, do whatever the, the things are. And you know, there's there's a there's a beauty in that to me because – you have your routine, you sort of develop your purpose. Um, I don't know. I mean, the flip side of that is, but once you know there's all these other opportunities, then you can't go back either. And so it, it feels it feels overwhelming. Uh, but I guess I'm just thinking about the old, like, 
carry water and chop wood. Like before enlightenment, carry water, chop wood. After enlightenment, carry water, chop wood. And so like what are we actually doing that's like fulfilling our purpose day to day? Um, is it to achieve more, do more, earn more? Or is that a component? Or is that component really not near as important as all of us think it is? Which goes back to your first question of like, do all of us just want to give up this corporate job and do something that actually like follows our passion? Yeah. And which in turn, I, I think, would fuel our purpose. I actually feel like the one of the things that we miss, particularly in our culture, that we don't that's hard because it goes against everything we've been taught. And I like the way that throughout this 10 week course that we're doing, it's broken up kind of into three buckets. If I remember correctly, those buckets are deconditioning, like was it recalibrating? And then I think expansion was the third one. And that really spoke to me because I think that we typically, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about what that, next step is that we want or that ideal life or if we do we just go too quickly into that and I think there's something to be said for like slowing down so like I view deconditioning as really similar to what I said earlier of like that we're all influenced by that baseline that we started with it's kind of slowly dissolving that baseline and all these things that were we were influenced by from the time we were born right to wherever we're at now and dissolving those and the recalibration piece is almost like, for me, like a, a retraining of like, wow, all these things, this way that I used to think and act, like how much of that was actually me versus what I was influenced by. And so you're kind of wiping that out, like reprogramming yourself to a certain degree. And then I feel like once you're in that stage or that mindset, then you can actually think about what you want. But that's not the way that we typically operate in the U.S., right? It's like, you want to do something different? Boom. Think about it and go, 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 go. Yeah. What if there was so much value in taking the time to actually think about what is it that you really want? Man, yeah, I like that. You know, because, and that's more of like, because that's not a, you know, we talk about that a, a decent amount on here. And certainly like when in our first session was like this whole thing about doing versus being. And in the U.S., we're pretty good at doing, doing, doing. We're horrible at being typically. And that like getting into that first phase of like, we'll just be and stop doing. And I think there will be a lot more clarity. I think that's way harder for people in our society than the doing part. Certainly doing requires discipline and some other things that I'm, I don't want to say are just simple. Like those can be a challenge as well. But I think we're so bad at being. We always have to be doing something. It's like you're here right now, but all you're thinking about is that next thing, you know. And I just think there's such value in taking the giving the time and space because I've found that when I can do that, what I want to do next becomes so much clearer. And it wasn't just me looking at three options in a basket. It was like I can do anything in the world, and it was like this is the thing that is gonna that you you should be driving towards. There's clarity in that. But I think it's hard to take that step back and just let it let it come to you almost, if that makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, it, it speaks to me right now. Like I'm I'm in this process. Like I finally made a decision to to do this counseling uh, grad school program, and I'm in the middle of it. And I can't like I'm ready for it to be over because I want to know what my path is going to be and I want to select that thing. But I'm not giving myself time 
I had a conversation yesterday with Ashley Waddington, who we had on here. And a lot of it, I was just kind of picking her brain with like, you know, I'm in this process and I'm already trying to figure out, well, I need to go this route for internship and this route after and like all these things. And, and I'm rushing myself and I'm not being patient and giving myself time to actually do what you just said, because right now I'm, I'm already feeling overwhelmed and I just have to go to class right now. That's really all I have to do. Actually, you know, that that's where we are but I'm already doing all this other stuff. And because of that, it's affecting my ability to go through my program. It's affecting the, the process because I'm not being patient and, and I'm not taking a step back and just being, and I realize that. And, but it, it's very difficult. I mean, that happens to us all the time. There's always somewhere to go. There's something else to do. There's always another task that you haven't completed yet that was left over from yesterday. And whether it be school or parenting or none of that, there's, there's always something else to do. And that's the way that we move throughout the day and week and month and years. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you've, you've accomplished nothing. Yeah. It's almost like if you, so in your, which is crazy too. It's not crazy. It's normal, but it sounds crazy when you say it. Cause for you, like you don't have those, you don't have the same questions to the degree that you did before you've taken that path and said, like, I know I want to go down here and it's like, okay, well that's just been replaced now with like, these other little mini roadblocks that are in there, you know? And I always have to remind myself, it's like, all right, well, what if we just removed all those little mini roadblocks? You got the internship that you seemingly want, right? And I'm just using you as an example because you talked about it, but I'm the same way. It's like, all right, you moved all these roadblocks. Like, now what? Then there's just other ones that come in, right? And so it's a constant reminder to me of like, even if you get through these, which you're going to, right? Like, you don't have major challenges in life right now. Like, you know, your, your physical health isn't failing outside of a little ankle injury in your back. Right. But like these things that are bigger, that probably should take up more space in your mind. Like you're good on that. Like you will figure out these things that are related to like this path that you've already gone down. I think I can get in this mindset sometimes and be like, Oh, the world is falling. I got to solve this this week. And it's like, you're going to solve it. And then next week, if you had that same mentality, the world's still going to be falling. Like it's always going to be falling. So for me, I don't know, man, like it's sometimes helpful to realize like, all right, well, if you could eliminate these obstacles, you know there'd be something else and you eliminate those. Are we just like get to the point in that mindset of that if you eliminate obstacle after obstacle after obstacle? For me, it's like the end of that is just like death. <laughs> so it's like an important reminder to be like, you better like have perspective of while you're going through it and stay present or the only time you're going to get this quote unquote relief that you're acting like you're seeking it's just when you're like dead, <laughs> even if you're 80 something years old and you're not working, you still got problems. They're just different, you know, but I think it's the hardest thing, you know, like I'm not, I'm certainly not preaching to you cause I, you know, I'm the same way. And I think it's the hardest thing in our society of just like, go, go, go solve this, solve that, solve that. I'm knocking out all these obstacles. And it's like, they're not obstacles. Like use that as like part of the process of like growth. And you can still, you can still go through something challenging and like find it rewarding, you know, I hope that didn't sound like I was getting on to you. I think it's like the hardest oh. thing to stay present, you know, No, I'm with you. I mean, I, and, and I bring all that up because I mean, you know, I sit here and I'm like, oh, well, I meditate and that helps me and I go for runs in the woods and I write and it's like, oh, I've got it all figured out because I've implemented these things to make sure that I don't get lost and that I'm taking time for myself and being present and being patient. And even with all those things, you know, it's still it still crops up or pops up from time to time and and it takes a recalibration which is a good term I'm glad that you said that it takes 
and and the the main message is that it is it's a constant it deserves constant attention from us you know and and again it's easy it's easier for me because i don't have other mouths to feed necessarily i don't have a lot of the challenges daily challenges that the majority of people have so from the outside looking in it's probably seemingly easy easier for me um, and it probably is but even with that it still takes continual attention yeah i don't know it's kind of related to that i think that like one of the reasons actually related to what we were talking about with nicole and like us having resources close to us i think i told you i did like a a breathwork session with rosanna I was trying to make sure I wasn't breaching any confidentiality as the client. I guess I can talk about myself. Though. Absolutely. But, uh, she had asked me before we got on there, like, what do you want to get out of this? And I kind of had to take a step back and think about it. And I think it's related. What I wanted to get out of it. The reason I mentioned it is because I think it's related to what you were talking about. I think sometimes we not to like separate these two things is like, this is my human experience and this is my spiritual experience, you know, cause I've heard that, personal growth is spiritual growth. And so I don't want to like put this line in the middle, but I do think that, you know, for me, when I get caught up in the mundane, like aspects of life and I'm maybe not doing as much, like for me, it's meditation for other, it can be a million things. I get oftentimes get good perspective out of like, you know, just like getting a workout, right. There's like a mental and physical benefit there that I get a lot out of, but for whatever part, for whoever you are and like whatever those activities are, that just kind of take you out of the mundane like routine of your daily life. That was one of the reasons why I did the breathwork session was because I felt like I was in this, like I was stuck in these, like, I don't know, daily routine. It's like, well, I'm getting up today and I got to go do like quotes for fences and we're putting in the fence here. Right. And it was like, that becomes, can be overwhelming of just like stuck in these, how do I say, I'm not articulating myself. Well, just the day-to-day routine, instead of having this like bigger mindset of like, again, we're on this earth it's crazy. I can't comprehend it. Right. We're spinning around the sun and all this stuff and like trying to balance and maintain this, like, Hey, all your problems that seem like so big today that you will actually get through. They don't actually mean that much in the grand scheme of things. And so when I told Rosanna, like, I want to do breath work because I want to like disconnect from of these, not run away from my problems, but disconnect to have a different, almost higher level perspective. And for lack of a better word, like elevate out of that and like reconnect with myself, reconnect with like my connection and like purpose in this world and not get caught up in the fact that like, well, this customer called me back today because they said their gate was like hanging, you know? And I'm like, again, we're spinning around the fiery ball and like, we're all going to be dead someday. Those, these daily tasks are important, but put them in the appropriate box, I guess is the, the, the way to put it, you know, don't let those consume you so much that your whole like every day we're just like caught up in the stuff that is honestly like insignificant in the grand scheme of things but yeah when you were talking about your story that like resonated with me of like the things that you're doing you know whether it be like paddle boarding out on the lake or like your meditation I feel like that is that bridge between those two of like okay I'm not just going to get caught up in this like mundane stuff that might drag me down I need to maintain this different perspective that's almost like, you know, I have a higher purpose type of thing. And I've heard Nicole use this word. And actually, I don't even want to say that because I'll probably say the word wrong. The word I would say almost is like congruence. But I think she says like synchronicity or I don't know what that word is. 
synchronous essentially is what it is. But anyway, I don't know what the, uh, what the form of that word is, but because I started to think as you were saying all that, like that sounds great, but we do still have responsibilities to fulfill in our professional life. If we are a corporate employee or in our family life, if we're part of a family unit, but if I'm in congruence and I am doing those things like paddling on the lake or running, you know, doing a trail run or whatever it is for me, meditating, writing, reading, um, yoga for, you know, whatever it is, if I'm doing those things, then it's not like, it's not like I'm neglecting all those other responsibilities. Like you can still do that fence quote, but you're just doing it with a whole different mindset and you're doing it with a whole different like understanding of yourself. And you almost feel like, I don't know how to describe it. It is sort of out of body feeling like when you're in sync, when you're in congruence, all of those other things just feel different. So, which means that it has nothing to do with the actual action itself. It has nothing to do with the task. It has everything to do with you, which is terrifying, but also exciting because you can control that. I want to let you keep going because I agree <laughs> so much with that. Yeah. It actually, that was the only, you know, when we asked the question at the beginning, should everybody quit in their corporate job? I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Let me be clear. And I think you can do the exact same thing with a different mindset. And it literally is just, I hate to use the word a perspective shift because I think that gets overused, but it's literally like you've changed your the shade of your glasses, right? You're wearing one sunglass shade, now you flip to another one. You, know, you ever use polarized glasses? You see the whole like watercolor differently and stuff. I I view it as that, right? Like what you just described, like, yeah. So you to me, like you don't have to have this massive shift in what you're doing. It's your outlook on it. It's like an inward you know, it's your, you've, you've changed your inward perspective. And so now the outward stuff looks different. Um, I couldn't agree with that more. The other thing that you mentioned was the synchronicity thing. I think that for me, sometimes these words, and again, like, I'm certainly not saying that I've like figured it out. You know, I think we're always like cautious to say that. Um, but I feel like particularly over the last like year and a half for me, as I feel like I've gotten more clarity when you were talking about the real life responsibilities that we all have. And I think sometimes we tend to ask the question of like, well, if I make this leap, how am I ever going to pay for this and do this and do that? I think that when you like really give yourself the space and you create a good like routines there, right. That allow you to like get in that dream kind of creation phase that I would call it, whether that's like meditation or reading or there can be like so many different things or going on hikes and you're putting yourself in a good mindset. I think you're more driven by feeling than you are like the, the rational kind of thought process that we go through. And I've just found for myself that these things that we always want to solve for of like, which is typically money, I think is the big one. Like when that becomes secondary and you're just like, I, this feels right. And the only way to get to that point is give yourself the space and create like a solid set of habits that put you in the best mental state. But that it becomes so clear and almost so clear because your intuition is so strong that you can't take the alternative path. And when you can't take the alternative path and you know that it's so clear, you don't think about like, well, how on earth or you have less thoughts, I should say. I'm not going to say don't think about it. But you're less concerned with like, well, how on earth am I going to solve this money, quote unquote, problem? It's like, I don't know. Like my path, though, is telling, my intuition is telling me like, you have to go this way. 
You can no longer go mm. to the left. Like you have to go right. I love that because the question, because the question should be, if, if you don't go that route, it should be like, how am I going to solve this human issue? You know? Yep. And I'm glad you said that. So in a self-disclosure moment, I, I want to talk about the money right now because so I, everything you just said, I'm in the middle of right now. And I made the decision to go to this grad school program after being with my company for 18 years. I haven't changed careers yet. I'm still working with my same company. Um, but that is the eventual goal. Uh, if I'm going to this program uh, to become a rehab counselor, I made the decision to go to the program. So it's like, all right, well, he followed his intuition and his passion and he like, we can applaud that. And that's great. But it still keeps coming up and it's difficult because I don't want to say numbers because it's nobody else's business, but I'm going to pay tens of thousands of dollars to go to this program to take over a 50% pay cut, probably, you know, and to a lot of people that's foolish and I get it because if, if we're talking about money, if money is the subject, then that doesn't compute. That doesn't make any sense. And, and I've known that for a long time and it's kept me from making that decision for a long time. The insecurity, the fear, the risk, all of those things until I got to a point where I did what I said a minute ago. I said, how can I live with myself if I don't? And so, yeah, that did eventually outweigh the money part, but that doesn't mean it's over with. It's still going to happen. I'm still going to have to potentially change my lifestyle find a supplemental income or something. It, it's still going to look very different. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. I still believe it's the right decision, but it's a huge component. It's not the most important component. So like you said, if we can remove it from that top spot and now it's not the driving factor because it's bullshit, if it's just money, in my opinion, but we're so conditioned that that's what it's all about. And so I'm glad that I could remove that and say, okay, if money wasn't an object, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Why am I here? What is my purpose? As we've been talking about purpose, you know? Yeah. But all that to be said, that doesn't mean it goes away. Money's still a component. We still live in the United States of America and this is the way that it is here. It's still a very important piece. And so that's still something that I'm going to struggle with and, and it's going to be a big challenge for me. Yeah. You made a good point. And I think it's something that life has had to continually like, teach me and that was that okay if the scary thing of going a different path is money it's almost like life is gonna make you I do feel this way I'm sorry this sounds bad I feel like oh it's like all right well that's the path that you should be going down we're gonna make you suffer like you're gonna have to suffer a lot until this to your point the human suffering is more than the uncertainty about money and then you will make the change you know, and I often do think that like if the suffering, like suffering drives change because you can sit here and be like, well, I'm not happy with where I'm at. Well, if that's like a two out of 10 and you think you should be going in a different path, when that starts to ramp up to like an eight or a nine and you're like, I'm not sleeping anymore. It's on my mind. I think these signals there that we think are bad where it's like, I'm not sleeping and this other stuff. It's like, well, I gave you signals before, but it was only a two out of 10 and you didn't take it. Right. And so now it's like, you're going to suffer a little bit until you realize like, all right, 
you know what, maybe there is a money challenge there, but I cannot keep living this way. I cannot keep denying this thing that is so clear in my mind that like I should be going this route and like I need to pursue it. I can't keep denying that just because it's uncertain and I don't know how I'm going to solve this money piece. It's like you have to do it because it's like I'm now not sleeping well. It's weighing on my mind. Like your body gives you signals. I, I really do believe that. Sometimes we don't we don't adequately attribute that because we don't want to admit that that's what it is. Because again, like I want to go to a doctor and say like, well, I'm having this, like I've had them before. I've had pain shooting in the back of my head and it was stuff that I, without getting into detail, I knew what it was, but I didn't want to admit that because that was something that I didn't want to face. You know, it was conversations I didn't want to have. And it was literally physical signals like this, like shock in the back of my head. And deep down I knew what it was, but I didn't want to, say that it was that, right? I want somebody to say, oh, that's something else that you can take a pill for or do this. Because it's really hard when you know what you need to do, but you still don't want to do it because the fear on the other side, whether it's money or something else or whatever that is, like, I think that becomes really hard. And back to while we, back to the very beginning of this podcast episode, how many people are out there feeling what you just described and, and feel too trapped to make a decision to do something different. And, and I don't, again, I don't want to make it sound like everybody's out there like that, but I mean, we, we are that way. We're all, we all stretch ourselves too thin. We all put too much pressure on ourselves. We all burn the candle at both ends. I mean, we just say whatever you want to say, but I mean, I'm not, I don't want to speak in absolutes and say every single person, but in, in our country, in our region, in the Southeast, that's what I'm familiar with. It's, man, it's, it's a real, real problem. And everybody you talk to is like, I can't go there. I can't do this. Um, you know, I've, these are all the things that are wrong with me right now. This is how I, I'm like, man, guys, that, is that what's happening with all of us? We all just have all these ailments and feel like dog poo all the time, but we still get ourselves up and go to work and sit in this cubicle every day. I, I man, whew, it kind of makes me cringe. Just, just thinking about that. I mean, I hate to say it, but particularly for guys, yeah. I honestly feel like a lot of the stuff that's out there that is the path away from that is almost like, well, this is reserved for women. You know, like, I don't know, like yoga, predominantly a, a women's thing to do. Meditation, I don't know, maybe that is closer to 50-50, but I still feel like, you know, it's like all these things that I feel like, even the the program that we're doing, right, I would imagine there's more like, women's retreats than men's retreats, you know? And so like, I don't want to limit the stuff that we're talking about just for guys, but yeah, I do think that when you describe, we're describing this, like <laughs> what I want to describe as a black hole that you get trapped in. I do think a lot of guys is just like, this is just how it is. And if you want to get out of it, you just keep doing more and fight your way out. And I'm like, man, I actually think that that's like the opposite advice. I know I probably said the same thing on here. And so like, I just feel like a lot of that stuff isn't accessible or, or like it, it's out of the norm for guys to do it. I mean, you've seen like even in the group coaching program, we're the only two dudes that showed up. Like there's probably a lot of women that contemplated that. Probably not a lot of dudes, you know, how many of the people that do breath work with Rosanna are men? I don't know, probably some, but I would be, been, I would be willing to guess at least three quarters are women. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that it's hard sometimes for, I don't know, anybody, but particularly guys to say like, 
this sounds weird, but if you would just try it, I think it might like open up something inside of you. And I think the thing that it opens up is contrary to what like our American society tells you is okay. Like it's all right. If there was like an emotion in there and you like shed a tear, like it, it'll be okay. You're not like, nobody's going to come and be like, that guy's a big sissy and like, you know, like it's okay. Yeah. But it, it's like breaking down some of this stuff, you know? Um, but I think that's the path, but it's almost the opposite path of what we're taught. And so like, I don't know how you like sneakily like weave that in there. It's like, you know, that deep seated lack of fulfillment that you have. And like, there's probably some anger in there and all these other things. Like if you'd open up a little space just to like feel a little bit more, there would probably be some clarity. And it doesn't mean you still can't drive your truck and go to the gym and like, you know, be a manly man in whatever way you want to describe that. But like, it's hard. It's hard because, yeah, like who who starts? Who's the who's going to be the first domino, right? Because none of us. The Constant Quest podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. But you know who's going to be vulnerable first? I, in this in this counseling program, we just had our orientation the other day, and let's say for numbers, there's, let's say there's fifty people in our program, two white men, so two of my me myself and one other person in my exact demographic as far as appearance goes three three sorry so three out of 50 six percent uh some simple math there for (laughs) y'all but it's interesting because everything about going into this program was out of my comfort zone and and it took me 40 years to be comfortable enough with myself 41 now to be comfortable enough with myself to say like I'm going to put myself in here because this is where I feel like I should be and want to be and it's interesting one girl that was a newcomer to the program spoke in a little activity we were doing. And she said, I, I, I chose this program to be with my people. And, and it just kind of hit me because I looked around the room and literally no one looked like me at all. And, and I almost shed a tear in there because I was thinking like, you know, when we think about like my people, like, what does that mean? Like, I feel more comfortable there. Like I feel comfortable if I were to get emotional, I feel fine with it. If, you know, I can talk about my deepest, darkest secrets. I fi- I feel fine with it. And it just feels like this welcoming atmosphere. And it makes me feel like this is how we should treat people all the time. And that hadn't always been my experience with quote unquote, my people previously, or necessarily the people that look like me. And that's no disrespect to them. Um, because I'm, I'm also part of that. I was never comfortable saying or feeling or whatever, like I did. And I just thought that was really interesting because I looked around and I was like, hey, these are my people, although none of them are from where I'm from or look how I look or, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, I don't know if that's related or not, but what you said made me think of that. I I love it. I've felt that way before, particularly as I like got into my 20s. And like, I remember going into Peace Corps and I was like, man, like my buddy, I was telling you when I have on here lives in Africa, I was like, you on the surface level look completely different than me. We're just very aligned in the way that we see the world. And I couldn't agree more. Like oftentimes I do think the groups that you most connect with are the ones that on a superficial level, if you just looked, you're like, these people don't even look the same or like your accent's different than this person or you know, your gender's different. The other thing that you touched on is something that I'm like super passionate about as well. And we kind of touched on it. I think it was like two podcasts ago. And um, I can't remember what you we were talking about, but I called like, something for being bullshit. I can't remember what it was. And, uh, we were talking about it after and I was like, man, I do feel like I have to use strong language sometimes to get the point across. Cause there's so much like conditioning and bullshit in the world that if like you get on here and you're just like, 
well, I don't necessarily agree with that. It's like 99% of the voices are going to say one thing if like, and in order to like drown those out for lack of a better word, I feel like I have to like strongly come on here and be like, that is fucking bullshit. <laughs> Cause if not, people aren't going to understand just that it is bullshit. Right. Cause I, I think so much of the stuff just gets like ingrained in us. And one of the things, which is why I brought this up was that how you just said it took you 40 years to kind of realize like, and again, not to say that what you were doing before, that there weren't elements of your life where you were still pursuing passions. You went, you know, sure. you got a lot of value of going down to Bolivia and doing these mission trips. And that really spoke to you. But for you and I would put myself in the same bucket. Like, I just feel like the last like year and a half of my life, I'm like, I've never had so much more like clarity and like excitement and passion and like about the direction that I'm going in. And I say that to say, I was mainly gearing it towards like younger people, which I don't know how many young people listen to our podcast, but I would also say that like older people as well, we're taught in our society. Like when you go to college, it's like, what are you going to major in? And it's like, if you don't know your major, certainly by the end of year two, when you've taken all your core classes, it's like, Oh man, you're like behind. And what are you doing? You know? And we create this like false narrative. that You always have to know, you know, like at an early age, like what is that path and what are you doing? And you got to take, these specific steps, one building upon the other one in a linear manner. And if you don't do that, you're behind. That is bullshit. Yeah, that is bullshit. And it, we talked about it a little bit with Donnie and it's also the recipe in my opinion for like a very unfulfilling life. Am I saying that somebody who from the age of six always wanted to do one specific thing and they're going after it and they know that that's the thing that they want, like that that's wrong. I'm certainly not saying that, but I am saying that that's the anomaly. And when we don't leave space for people to like pursue alternative paths, even if it's seemingly turning around, driving your car in a different direction and going down a different road, like we're just creating a society that like leads to people who are super depressed and anxious and unfulfilled. And so when you talk about being like 42 years old and like, I'm looking at you and I'm like, man, your, your, your purpose or whatever you want to call it, or like your direction is just like taken off. And I would argue mine has too. Right. And it's like, you can do that at any point in life. You know what I mean? Like you, I would love it if somebody was 60 and it was like, Hey, you know what I mean? Like I, I just tried to do something that was completely different. And like, I love hearing that cause you're like letting what speaks to you drive you instead of letting all this influence from society, honestly, like hold you back. And we're just doing such a disservice. Yeah. I know we talked about it before, but I think about young kids who think that they have to like, you all see these kids opening up like letters to colleges and like when they get into college they're just like so happy it kind of makes me like sad that they got into this ivy league school <laughs> i don't want to sound like negative but i'm like man you act like this is like the end of your life and like if you didn't get into this school that you're about to spend like tens of thousands hundreds potentially thousands of dollars on i hate to say it but that what you thought you were going to get out of that there's probably going to be a huge letdown and we do it at every age. We feel like we have to disclaim, like, well, I know I'm 40, but and I'm behind, but I'm just doing this. Like, I like I have to justify that I'm doing this because I'm admitting that I'm behind. And so, like, to put myself back on a lane, like, no, that's what's bullshit. Like, we are where we are, and it's okay. I hear 25-year-olds say, but I have a couple people in my program that took a year off after college. And they're like, man, I took that year off and now I'm 23 starting this program. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm 40. <laughs> Am I starting it too late? And they're like, no, no, you're good. You can do it whenever you want. And I'm like, well, you're 15 years younger than me. You're fine. It's going to be okay. And there's somebody on their deathbed who wishes they would have done that and they're regretting it. Yep. Guaranteed. Yep. That's the message. It's never too late. Like just go do it. 
and comparatively, it doesn't matter where everybody else is. And I'm glad that I've, that I think that's my perspective in this case, because I am older than most people in this program, but that's fine. You know, I, I did struggle with it at the beginning quite a bit because, and I'm glad that you mentioned all that stuff that you said a minute ago, because in my conversation with Ashley Waddington yesterday, I was, I was sort of saying that I'm like, well, you know, since I got such a late start, like I kind of want to skip this step and this step. And I want to go ahead and be here because I'm behind. And, and same thing you just said, she was like, no, you're not like you're, you're right where you need to be. And you're still going to be able to impact people. You're actually doing this with a better understanding of how all of this works. You can create your own business. You can, you can do whatever you want to do and you have the tools to do it. And you're exactly where you need to be. And you're going to go make a difference. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter when you do it. And what if like, you know, it's a simple mindset shift to say like, what if all that stuff that you went through when you thought you were just on this wandering path and maybe lacked fulfillment and were depressed, like what if all that was like exactly what you needed to put you on this path, right? Because if you would have done this right out of college, you, would, you wouldn't like it right now. Waste of time. Yeah. You'd be like, I don't even know if this is what I want to do, right? And so I think about what I said earlier about like that suffering sometimes provides great clarity was like man when you were in the midst of like being super depressed like that is your drive I feel like now not to put words in your mouth of why you want to do this because you know there's other people that are in this deep dark place and you're like that resonates with me I want to be the one to help you out and I want to show you that there is a path forward and I want to gain the skills to be able to be that person to help somebody out of there if you didn't go through it you wouldn't have that perspective you know what I mean absolutely you're right. That gets me fueled up. I, I, I appreciate that. A good reminder of, of what I'm doing here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the purpose part for me. I don't know where this fits in, but we can get in this mindset of, well, I need to take this big old step. You know, another message of taking your own medicine was when you were telling me, it's like, man, I know I need to do an internship. And it's like, I don't even know where to go or start. And I was like, well, maybe you should start with the person who is super cool, was on our podcast and owns their own practice. Like maybe <laughs> who is also have an open door to like have any conversation with you. I mean, I'm joking about you. I do the same thing all the time because we talked about it, you know, and it's like, you know, we're waiting. We sometimes want to take this massive step and it's like, just go knock on somebody's door. Just pick up the phone and call, you know, like there's no, there's very little risk in that. You know, typically I found whenever I do that, I'm worried that like the worst case scenario, this person's gonna be like, why are you talking to me? And it's 99.9% the opposite. It's like, I'm so glad you came to talk to me about that. And it provides some additional clarity and maybe like a next step that you need to take. And so these little incremental steps before you know it, of this thing that we thought was seemingly like just overwhelming is like, oh, I, I just did that. Like I solved it, but it wasn't one big silver bullet. It was just, I talked to Ashley, maybe she refers me to somebody else. And then that opened a door and like, oh, I just solved that. Why did that seem so easy? You know, but I think there's like a million, we all have examples of that. You know, I just think that like, take that one baby step. Yeah. And we miss all those things that all the stepping stones for some reason, several times during this podcast, I've thought about this little, I guess it's a parable or story and I'm sure that I'll mess it up because I haven't heard it in probably 10 years, but it's like, it's flooding and this guy's in his house and he like winds up on the roof cause the water's coming up and these people float by and they offer him a life jacket and he's like, no, I don't need a life jacket. 
the Lord's going to take care of me. And so they go on by and then somebody else comes by in a boat and they're like, Hey man, like it's flooding. You're getting ready to drown. You want to hop in this boat? And he's like, Oh no, no, no. The Lord's going to take care of me. And then like keeps on coming. It's like the water's at his feet. Like his house is underwater. And then a helicopter comes by and he's like, Hey man, let me send you down a ladder. Like it's time to go. And he's like, Nope, the Lord's going to take care of me. And then he drowns and dies and he goes to his judgment and he's like, Hey, I thought you were going to take care of me. And he's like, well, I sent you a life jacket, a boat, a helicopter, and you didn't take any of them. Like what more help did you need? And I know that touches on the religious side, but I do like the illustration because it's like, what are we waiting on? To your point, like we're waiting on this big thing to slap us in the face when we've refused all of these small offerings that, have been right at our fingertips all these times. But yeah, I've, I've thought that I, that's popped in my mind several times during yeah. this hour, but I didn't say it because I know I butcher it, but hopefully I at least got the point across. And and we do, we just, we're like, Oh no, I think of Adam Jerpy when he was on here with us, he was like, oftentimes we're the purveyor of no, like, why is that our default response all the time? Hey man, how about, nah, I'm good. Why, why are we just no all the time? What if we were the purveyor of yes? Right. What if we started like, okay, I'm really going to think about what if I accepted this offering from a person or just from nature or whatever it may be, but we don't. And then we complain about the fact that we don't have any resources or the world's been bad to us. And and some people say that and have a gripe. I'm not saying that right. that doesn't exist, but oftentimes I know for me, myself, you know, I've probably looked the other way and not taken offerings and then sat in my room and been like, Nothing ever goes the way I want it to go. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, how about you open your eyes? And also for another point of our conversation, when you're in sync and when you're living in congruence, I think that your awareness is heightened to those things and you're more able to receive those offerings. Your awareness is heightened. You see them, you know, it's like the difference between walking around staring at the ground every day and waiting for something to come your way versus like your heads up, you're smiling, more people are going to interact with you. You look to the left, you, you talk to a neighbor, he started a business. Oh, you need a sales guy. Like I'm going to be that like these things. And you're like, it was just random chance. It's like, was it chance or was that like you actually shifted your perspective and were more open to that happening. And I think that when you create that space for that to actually happen, like it, all these things that you're like, well, this, this, I actually hate the word luck nowadays. Cause I think that like it, more of it is just like your awareness. I think than actually like all this stuff started happening for me. It was like, it was there all along. You just weren't open to receiving it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more than that. I've seen that stuff happen for me. Even when I like put myself in a better, like frame of mind, all it, it and it almost, it becomes easy. I feel like when you're in a bad frame of mind, everything is hard. You know, you don't like your job and it's like, hey, can you reach out to this person? You're like, oh my God, you asked me to run a marathon. <laughs> you, know, you start to like live in alignment and like all these things that like, honestly, like looking objectively would be way more difficult are like so much easier and like doors just open more freely, you know, compared to like when you're not happy and you're in a bad spot and you know, you're maybe not doing that thing that you should be doing. Everything is difficult. Like everything hard to wake up in the morning hard to get out of bed, hard to, hard to like perform decently well at your job. Cause you're just like done with it. And it's been obvious. Yeah. This was good for me. I mean, it's like you said at the very beginning, sometimes you recognize when you're in your comfort zone and you do all this work to push yourself to get into that growth zone that you spoke of, but then you're there for a while. And although you're still growing, it does feel 
exhausting, even though you're still in the right place and doing the right things. You just need little reminders like this, or I do at least like this conversation to kind of just refuel you a little bit, um, you know, refill your cup or whatever you want to say. And so this has been really good for me. I'm glad that we did it and we're in person and we're doing it on our new mic audio setup. All those things make me really happy. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this was, this was important for me. And so I'm, I'm happy that we did it. And, and I do think it resonates with a lot of other people. I don't know that every person needs or wants to quit their job, but I just, I do just think like the things we're talking about, I hear murmurs of them from people all the time. And I say this, like I'm a salesman, you know, I do sell the products that I'm supposed to sell. But in addition to that, I do have a lot of conversations about life with people. And that's one thing that I think I offer, but it is all the time, little things like this. And I just hate that. I think a lot of people feel trapped. I don't know that, you know, life's hard enough. There's physical ailments, there's deaths, there's family things, there's all kind of things that we all go through in our life. And, and we're more fortunate than most of the people in the world um, with our baseline where we were born. And I'm, you know, I'm, I acknowledge that and I'm super grateful for that. Um, but life's hard enough for us to not also just pile all these other things on that we do. And I'm not preaching, I'm speaking to myself because we're all, we're all doing it. I'm in the middle of it too right now where I've just had like some struggles and stuff. So it is always good to have the conversation and I don't know, we're going to come off of like when you get that clarity, it's just you're coasting all the way through. So I do think there's bumps and I do think that conversations are important. I think these other, like, like I've already mentioned, right. Of like, how do you, how do you, I want to, I don't like the word detach. I think you're actually connecting with yourself rather than detaching. Yeah. But yeah, like building in those little, and again, we want this big step, but building in those small little things in your daily routine, you know, just like whatever it is for you, like you paddleboard on the lake, you read for 10 minutes. Like it doesn't have to be hours worth of something like that. That stuff is super important because I think it's more about the consistency than, than the intensity of it. For sure. And, and I, this is an open invitation for anybody that does listen. Like I, I would love to hear people's response to some of the stuff we talked about, because I don't want to just sit here and think like we've got everybody all figured out. This is how y'all feel. I, I want to hear from people. Does that resonate with people? I mean, in, in private conversations I have with people, I, th I think the answer is yes. From my experience, I do think that it resonates with people, but I would love for people listening to reach out and sort of give us your take and your own experience and, and maybe your thoughts on, where to go from there or what you can do next. Um, that always inspires me, you know, and conversations like this inspire me. So I just, I love having them and, and I would love to have more of them with, with other people that listen. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. We got a couple of awesome guests coming up since we're going to record them in the next week. I know we've got a couple, um, one of them I wanted to talk about today so bad, but also I kind of don't want to spoil it because it's going to be, I think at first people are going to think it's such an odd guest on our show or like what we're going to talk about. But I, I held, there were several places where I want to interject it today, but I didn't. Um, but I held off because I want to, I think it's more important to, to kind of save the effect um, on that one for a future episode. But anyway, really excited about what we got coming up. Really enjoyed this conversation today. We'll get out of here until next time. <laughs>